Introducing Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood maps podcast. <laughs> Starting at center from UNT, live from the hashtag Luca for MVP 2023 studio, it's Jay Bonnie. What up, what up? We out here. Starting <laughs> at point guard from UT Arlington, your host with the most, it's Ben Seibel. Finally, at center, our guest, YouTuber, streamer, and Mavs Twitter legend. From Texas Tech. Wreck him. Wreck him. That's right. Wreck him. Wreck him. Nice. <laughs> well, glad to have you on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we, we've definitely been a fan of your content. Just enjoy all the videos that you, you put out on Mavs Twitter and uh, just the passion you kind of carry your fandom with. I think I we're all wondering like kind of what your origin story is, like how you started, just kind of give us some backstory for how we got to, to where you are now. Well, I always liked like, I, uh, even going back to when I was in college, like in, in at the tail end of my high school days, like 10 years ago, I always like wrote for sports, did like sports writing and stuff. So I always wanted to do sports, some, some type of content creation with sports. And then I guess just the logical step was, making like YouTube videos and stuff, which I have a lot of fun doing. It actually, I actually started doing Cowboys only stuff like in 2018 or so uh, with a friend of mine. And then I just pretty much quit the Cowboys. I just can't stand them anymore. Don't really watch the NFL anymore. It just only watch the NBA. And then uh, sometime like 2020 or so I just, or no 2021, I started streaming Mavs games. No, it was 2020. Uh, and that was just kind of that. That was how it started. Nice. Did you study like sports media at tech is that like your 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 professional expertise too yeah i, I went to journal i was in uh the school of journalism originally but then i had this talk with one of my prof- like one of my journalism professors he was like what do you want you want to do sports journalism i was like yeah and he was like all right uh, change your major because like no nobody i know in sports journalism is really a journalism major like that it's usually like for political journalists and stuff like that yeah so that was it and then i worked at uh i changed my major but then i worked at the newspaper there on campus nice, yeah nice. i didn't want to do writing anymore it's just too exploitative of a field like it is like i wasn't getting paid for any of my writing gigs oh, it was man. lame i was like i might as well just do my own stuff then yeah that seems like it's kind of the wave right now I, when i was growing up i wanted to be a journalism guy too but like i don't know I, nowadays you can kind of make your own wave it seems yeah, exactly. like your own platform it looks like that's kind of what you, you've been doing you know you got if you if you're watching the video, I don't know if we're gonna put the video up, but we got we're getting live the uh the backdrop from the slightly biased show. That's right. Uh, the headquarters. Yeah. How long have you been the slightly biased show? You were doing cowboy stuff as slightly biased show too. Well, it started as a podcast with with me and me and one of my friends. It was just called the slightly biased podcast, and then it just whenever I we went live, I was like slightly biased show just sounds good. I was never supposed like. You know, like people call me slightly biased. That's what I go by. That was like never really the plan. That was yeah. like the name of the show. But then I was like, all right, I'll just go by that. Nah, okay. Good. No, those are actually my other two questions about your just like about your creative origin story. You know, like how you're building. Like, what what was the first delusion, and and how did that turn into a slightly delusional club? Uh, I don't remember what the delusion was. It was sometime during the playoffs last year. Well, because my my Twitter bio has always been a 
slightly biased, fully delusional, because I just thought that was like a funny, uh, like a little funny tagline for the podcast. But it was yeah. never like discussed. But then last year, yeah, we just started doing delusional stuff, and the Mavericks were really good in the playoffs. And then a uh, delusional club that started like a couple months ago. It's been just like a slow process. Everything you see now, it's just been like, oh, this started. And then like a couple weeks later, this happened. Like it's just yeah. been a slow process. No, it's crazy. As I get older, man, like, progress, progress comes in pieces. I yeah. realize like that's kind of how we've been our grinds. We've been doing it like for four years. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of guests we've had are kind of like you, you know, like just kind of popped on in the last few years. Yeah. Is that when you really blew up? Like, I noticed our viewership kind of exploded um, during the playoff run, too. I guess yeah. a lot of people were exploded. Is that like when you got your really big jump? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. I would say, actually, it was more so like two playoffs ago. And I think Word. a big reason for that was because I, I, I don't only do Mavs stuff. I do all like pretty much all NBA stuff. And that's what I ultimately want to get at. But the problem Sweet. was last year, the Mavericks were so good. And in the Western Conference Finals, so I was just pigeonholed to Mavs stuff because that was all I could focus on. So that's when I like, as far as like Mavs Twitter and stuff goes, yeah, last uh, last playoffs was when I saw a biggest jump. But actually, like channel wise, I'd probably say it was two years ago. Sweet. Whenever uh, I was just covering all teams in the playoffs. But yeah, it's it's a slow grind, and it is what it is. You gotta love the process. Yeah, I think it's so funny that like the the 2018 Cowboys like broke you, right? Like the <laughs> I yeah, feel was like- that the really it was one of their really pathetic years, and I was like, "Man, I just cannot stand this team." I, I think, like, like during that season, I think I we I think it was understood that we were going to tank, we were going to be bad, and I just yeah. like took the year off watching the Cowboys, and that was just so great for my mental health. Yeah, just, like being able to to. Not, I mean, that's like, where I'm at now. Like, I root for them. Don't get me wrong; I want them to win, but it's just I haven't followed them at all this year, and I've, I think I've only watched like two games. But it's not like I'm not hating them or anything. Yeah, Dang. but it's just like. I'm just doing other stuff and it's been much better for my mental health. Yeah. But uh, Honestly, knowing me, like don't make the playoffs. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is the, this is the time. And they're going <laughs> to embarrass themselves again. Like it's just how it works. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at right now. If I like this year and last year was like, it just feels like, okay, we're winning games, we're winning games. It's like, like, it's, it's like a, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a toxic relationship and an addiction. I don't know. It's, it's something, something weird is going yeah. on. Cause every year, I, I'm already wrapped up into it, and I've, I've probably watched nearly every game by now. And I tell myself every year, like, "Oh, I'm done with the NFL, the scandals, the this, the that." Once you can get past the scandals, you're good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which there's a, there's always like a line when you're like, "Oh God!" Like the Deshaun Watson stuff is like, "Man, this one is this one's tough to look past." Terrible. But if you can get past it, you're yeah. just like, "You know what? Whatever." Right? Yeah, it's, it's a uh, lot. It's a lot, but. Um, but this is not a Cowboys podcast. We're a strictly Mavs podcast. And um, it's funny when, when we were actually starting out, I remember that we kind of had this realization that, you know, especially in, in Dallas media, Cowboys took like 80 to 85% of any coverage, regardless of how good or bad they were. Yeah. And we would always have like the Mavericks and then especially the, the Rangers and the stars kind of getting what's left. And we kind of felt like, Hey, we could kind of stand out and give like a fan's perspective on the team because there's such a lack of lack of coverage, like for the team. Like now that since then, a lot of like other maps podcasts have popped out, but like, that's kind of where we felt like the, the need was. And we wanted to kind of fill that. Yeah, no. I mean, if you just look around any fan base, there's just, there's tons of podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff. I think it's great. Honestly, I think 
people just being able to go to, you know, go on Amazon and buy a webcam and a, and a microphone and just <laughs> start up their own podcast. I think it's awesome. I know a lot of people hate it. And they're like, oh, does everyone need a podcast? Yeah, I think everyone in the world should have their own podcast. I think it would be awesome. Nice. I think it'd be hilarious. It's therapeutic. <laughs> it's fun. Get the creative juices flowing. Definitely. Why not? Yeah. But yeah. I also think, too, my my plan was, and this is still my long-term goal, was uh, start with a niche, the Dallas sports, and then grow from there. Because I think that's, if you want to expand outwards, right? Like, I think that's one of the best ways to do it. Establish yourself Definitely. in something. And uh, yeah, there is markets. kind of a, yeah, like yeah. Genghis Khan, like like reach out, you know, from there, you know, you might notice the analytics are like, ooh, like I'm I'm really popping all over Texas now, like I'm I'm popping here, I'm you know like yeah, sneaking some sneaking some rockets, sneaking some this, sneaking sneak some more of that, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if you right. if you establish yourself as somebody, that it's like okay, well, oh, he posted a Hawks thing. All right, well let let's see what he has to say about that though. Yeah, yeah, does that nice. make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's where that's where I'm at now. I'm trying to get all NBA, but it's hard. Yeah, I, all I think about is the Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're off to a good start for sure. Um, so so typically what we want to do is we'll do like a Mavs recap of the, like this past week. Um, so this past week in Mavs basketball, the Mavs started the week with a big win over the Suns, then beat the Nuggets the next day. And after two weeks, uh, two days of rest, they lost to the Bucks last night where Giannis fouled out and THJ and Dorian missed five straight free throws. So based off of that, what does this week tell you about the Mavs team? Slightly wise. Uh, they're good. Like that's, that's what I, that was my big takeaway. That's why that Bucks loss was just so <laughs> infuri- And all of their losses really are so frustrating because you see the Suns game, you see the, uh, the Nuggets game was the most impressive one of the week for me. Cause I thought that was a guaranteed loss. Second, I have a back-to-back in Denver, which is like an impossible task. It's like a scheduled loss for anybody anytime that happens to you. Uh, and then, I mean, they've outplayed the Bucks through and through. They're the better team the whole game and just lost because of missed free throws. Like, there's no there's no other excuse. Like, they, they played great defensively. They fouled Giannis out of the game. And Giannis went off in the second half. But I thought they did a really good job on him. He only had like what, like five points in the first half. I mean, they did a really good job. Clamping him up first half, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they were. I mean, Maxi did phenomenal. Like Maxi's been really good this season. Uh, and I thought that they did really good. Everything they needed to do to win, they did. Except they missed fourteen free throws. Ten to twenty-four. That's just like horrible, and that's just why this team is so infuriating right now. Because if they were bad, I, it would just be like, oh god, here we go. You know, but they're good, yeah. and this week showed that. I think. It kind of feels like not last season, but the season before that to me. Yeah. When um, I guess we were dealing with more COVID stuff. Um, but back then. Yeah, not, didn't we have like a like a hor- like one of the worst clutch records in the league that year or something? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. yeah. And we were dealing with the KP debate too of like, oh well, is he good? Is he should we get rid of him? Uh, back then, at that point, a couple of seasons ago, everybody was still pretty fully invested in the. And the KP thing, and in Brunson, really. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Honestly, Brunson was kind of he's not universally worshipped like he like he is today, but but he was still a fan favorite. But it was kind of the same thing. It's like, man, we look, we're so good on paper, but just cannot squeeze, cannot gut these wins out, bro. And, I know. You would think at this point they would figure something out. I don't. I don't know if it's just like a terrible luck thing. Like you're just getting so unlucky down the stretch of these games. I or I what? can't remember the last time somebody missed. 
a like three straight free throws in an NBA game. Yeah. Like that in itself is insane, but to like also miss like the, you know, two before, or I guess I forget what order they're in, like to miss yeah. five straight free throws in an NBA game. I, I want to know when the last time that's happened. Cause I feel Bro, like, that's like, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it seemed like this super bizarre occurrence, but if we make those free throws, we more likely win the game. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. It, like yeah, I, mean, I saw somebody say if you made fifty percent of your free throws, which is still abysmally bad, <laughs> you win the game by like two points or whatever. And it's that just goes to show because everyone was mad at kid after last night, and I get like kids kids going to be the scapegoat all year long for frustrating stuff, and I understand that. I I'm more like lenient on kid than pretty much everyone else. It seems like, uh, but last night I was like, <laughs> dude, they didn't make their free throws. Like, there's no you can be mad about the last second shot, which was terrible. But and sure that that's kid's fault. But at the end of the day, man, like fourteen missed free throws is fourteen missed free throws. Yeah, it's outrage. Forty percent from free. Th- if they're free of charge, and, yeah. And <laughs> the rest of the world is 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 nailing him, and that's how you survive a basketball game. Like that's how you. That's part of the battle, bro. And it's basic yeah. fundamentals. Like I, yeah. I just like I don't. I think we've been spoiled by the Carlisle teams and the Dirk teams that just like all of them, everybody on the team was practically like 85 and up. Yeah. And it, it seemed like, you know, you never felt like worried when somebody stepped to the line. But now I mean, your just... superstar needs to be a good free throw shooter, man. Like Luke has got to figure it out. Yeah. 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 That seems like one of the few like holes in his game that I just – I wonder if it's just like not as exciting of a shot enough for him. Like if he like could step back from the free throw line, maybe he'd yeah. be more in, interested in it, but it's just like, this, you're allowed so to boring. do like, <laughs> Yeah. As long as you're behind the free throw line, I'm pretty sure you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have to look into that. Maybe they'll, that'll be the new, the new take, <laughs> takes on. Change the game. Maybe, yeah. man. Cause I don't know what it is with him. Like for, for, Cause for Giannis or like bigs, I can kind of get it. Cause your hands right. are so big and stuff. Like, it's, so it's awkward. Like, yeah. It's yeah. Awkward. That's a weird shot. I understand. Luca, there's just no, like it's mental hundred percent, but I don't know what it is exactly. But like, I think that's what kind of separates him from Harden is that Harden was just such a pure shooter yeah. and he knocks down his free throws and like he could score it all free. I think that's the one thing that Harden has over him is that those, those dang free throws, man, that's just so frustrating. Do you guys like the Harden comparisons? Yes. Yes. I love it. <laughs> He's and a big like, Harden guy. So not only that, it. I feel like I'm responsible for it. Like <laughs> <laughs> responsible. I feel like I was saying that like a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah, Harden. I think Harden deserves two MVPs. I think Giannis, who beat us last yeah. night, I think he robbed Harden of of um of an MVP. That's what um, happens when you say Harden on the pod. Giannis got it the first time. <laughs> um James Harden has one MVP, you guys. Like <laughs> Yeah, we, we've we've missed we made mistakes on this pod before. We, we like assume he has two, but not. Um, I think I think him and Trey Young have like broke broke slash solved basketball with their, um, you know, oh, it's been talked to death, but you know, like like I, with their play style. I think the I think what Luca and 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 Harden have in common is how they can create for themselves. How can how they can kind of like bully the bully their way into the paint with with their you know kind of mass up top. Um, don't waste don't, any space. I don't think yeah. um, Luca foul baits nearly as much as Harden does. Um, you can tell like Harden will give up on an offensive play and just like flail his arms or just like True. stuff yeah. like that. Um, and I think Luca's 
much better on defense, which isn't saying much, but I, I don't think it's an insult when you're compared to one of the best scores ever. Like, yeah, that's that's always been my take. Like, Mavs fans get so mad whenever <laughs> it gets brought up. I'm like, dude, you're t- this is like the one of the greatest offensive peaks in the history of basketball. Yeah. I've always had, I've always like, I wouldn't say love James Harden, but I, I like James Harden too. His peak is very underrated, and uh, I had the spiciest take for James Harden. I was just waiting and waiting and waiting for him to win a ring because I, I was thinking like James Harden. I don't know if he'll go down as better than Dwayne Wade, but he's better than Dwayne Wade. And I, oh, I think, yeah. but if you said that people would Dwayne say, Wade. no, like if you went on NBA Twitter right now and you're like, Hey, James Harden better all time than Dwayne Wade. People would be like, no, he's not. <laughs> I think like Dwayne Wade was like overhyped for his time. And then like, I don't know. I just feel like James Harden is just better in almost every way. But like, I mean, D Wade was great. Don't get me wrong. But Harden was like, I mean, 30, averaging 36 points a game on good efficiency is just wild. It was unheard of. It, it felt crazy. Like when I think of James Harden, I think of like forty points, and then just like you know, just stomping up to the three pointer. You know, like yeah, and then just using your whips to. I think to it's find a pretty, that like, perfect I think their play touch. style. Their play style is <laughs> pretty close, honestly. And I, I never thought that the, I never thought the comparisons were like slights, and they always get used as slights. Where it's like, oh, he's just hard. I, th- like, I think people, you- I think people like associate Harden with like the heliocentric word where he well, they also associate him with and, losing in the playoffs yeah i think that's kind of the bigger knock is like oh because he's heliocentric that must mean he's a loser like that those just... are both totally fair comparisons <laughs> like you can b- both apply those to luca <laughs> yeah but i mean like also with the harden thing i mean he just crumbles in the playoffs it's not i don't think that's a knock on the system at all i think it's just harden doesn't have good playoff performances because that if, if Harden won that ring in 2018, which they a thousand percent should have just choked tremendously bad, right? We're, like the conversations around heliocentrism and stuff is just so much different because then everyone would be like, Well, that was the system that beat that unbeatable Warriors team, yeah. Like, this yeah. is how everyone should be playing, uh, yeah, dude. We man, finally got uh, someone on the pod that is speaking Jay's language, yeah. yeah it's about time. <laughs> well, I always just thought that was the dumbest thing because people act like those Rockets teams were like getting swept in the playoffs, like they were constantly pretty much the only team after 2016 to even compete with the Warriors. Cause look, the Cavs yeah. were just getting steamrolled. Facts, facts. And the Rockets were like constantly battling them over and over and over. So people act like this heliocentrism stuff is just like, yeah, like you're going to get swept in the playoffs. It's like, no, that's not been reality. I just hate these talks. How it's like, Oh, well, well it's proven. It's never won. Dude. Winning in the NBA is so unbelievably hard. Like so I don't many think factors you could... that go into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So many factors. There's been so many super teams. Like, nobody's beating that Warriors team. It doesn't matter what you're playing. If KD was out there and healthy and Steph's out there and healthy, you're losing. There's no team <laughs> in the league that's beating that, no matter what you play. Yeah, yeah another another fair criticism against Harden, um, I think, is probably that he's he hasn't always been there. You're like crumbling in the playoffs. Yeah, you like, you'd call it crumbling in the playoffs, but – that Nets team should have won. That Nets team should have won a championship too, in my opinion. Yeah, if, I mean, if Harden if he, was, if he was healthy, if he was healthy in that series, they probably do win, and then yeah, they would definitely have won the championship. Yeah, which that's the that whole narrative. <laughs> that goes back to what we we're saying. Like winning in the league is just there's so much that goes into it. If Chris Paul is healthy, those Rockets teams probably win. And the, it's just everything is different with how we talk about heliocentrism, Harden. The spread the floor and shoot 63s. Everything I, is different. I, I think what, like, if we're, like, comparing, like, Luca to Harden, I hope we can find somebody who, like, like a supporting cast that is 
like or maybe in like a you know secondary play like a player second best player i should say that's like a chris paul was to harden right like somebody who's yeah. reliable somebody who can get people involved someone who can handle the ball i think that's kind of what these losses that have kind of we've kind of run into is that fourth quarter Luca's like out of gas because he's been putting the team on his back the whole time and the defensive no knows to just like hone in on him and and they know that he's the main person that can dribble so i yeah it's it's tough yeah i mean i i'm sort of i'm more hopeful about it though but i feel like this could be the james harden um paradigm you know like the the, the heavy volume heliocentrism type thing is this i feel like luca is that actualized yeah, you know, you see the Western Conference Finals run. If we won last year, then like, in my opinion, that's 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 James Harden. Like, it's, it's like like he's like the white ghost to James Harden, bro. It's like, like he, he's like the know, complete, the finished, like yeah. James Harden walk so Luca could run. Right, like like <laughs> the, the new Dragon Ball Goku gets like 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 blue hair, like yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like the Super Saiyan form. I mean, I just it, that that criticism doesn't do anything for me. I I don't I don't care honestly. Like I never have, I never will. I think Luca's one of the greatest offensive engines the league's ever seen. I have no problem saying that already. So like him having the ball in his hands, I don't care. Good, give him the ball. He's a, a generational playmaker, and he can score literally whenever he wants for whenever he wants. So like yeah, nice. I don't care. <laughs> And if like, oh, those shooters don't touch the ball and they can't shoot. Well, that's what they're getting paid money to do. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. yeah like, I don't all... think like catch and shoot guys. That's is that not always been what they do? They catch and shoot and then that's it. Maybe they'll hand the ball off a couple times or swing a pass. But I don't know where this random expectation came from where it's like, oh, well, like if you want Reggie to make shots, he's got to do X, Y, and Z. It's like since when? <laughs> yeah. 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 It, 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 yeah. And I think like in games like this, like when we're playing the Bucks, you're you're playing like you know the Celtics or something. You kind of see there there's so more room for our lineup and and our and our team to grow. I think we've kind of like because of how inconsistent we've been as far as like oh you know Christian Wood might have a good night one night or you know Spencer Dinwiddie might, but then you've got this random resurgence of of Tim Hardaway Jr. of of those three like which do you think is the most reliable or or which do you think you know we should be relying on well i mean if tim if tim is making <laughs> five threes a game that's the biggest one by far but uh the maps just need consistent jump shooting i think christian wood his game will always kind of be there if you want it get a mismatch let him go to work you know whatever pick and pop with christian wood that will always be an option but if the mavericks are making shots they're they're like i wouldn't say impossible to be but they're really really hard to beat if they're yeah. not just like making, you know, if they're making whatever they were shooting over the past week, like 45, 50% from 30. Yeah. Like any team is going to win whenever they shoot that well, but I'm saying like league <laughs> average, they've had too many, like 28% shooting nights, 27% shooting nights as a team. If they can just 35% consistently from their shooters, which is still not even great, but it's just league average. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be really hard to beat. They play good defense. Um, I, you know, people hate this type of offense. I think it's, I think it's fine. I think it's, you don't really have another option right now. I don't know what anyone else wants with this current team, the way that they constructed and spacing the floor. You know, they have the second best half court offense in the NBA. That's what you want. That's what wins in the playoffs. That's why when people call the, the last year's run a fluke run, it's like, not really. That's like, they have a, they have like a recipe to win in the playoffs. 
And they, they like the Jazz, they dominated that series. If Luke was healthy, that's a sweep, in my opinion. And the Suns, they blew him out four times. Like, what's fluky about that? I don't understand. All four of yeah. their wins were uh, uh, dominations. Yeah, rifle bursts. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was I just hate that. That's, I, that's hate fluke. I hate that Mavs fans have also kind of supported that narrative that it was a fluke Western Conference Finals run. Like, come on. Be better than that. Like the like the Hawks, they always get compared to the Hawks. The Eastern Conference, that one was a fluke. The Knicks were terrible. Uh, the Sixers were just <laughs> literally like collapsing in on themselves. That was that was a little bit fluky. Yeah. And some of their wins were very fluky in that Sixers series. Like the Mavericks Sun series, the Mavericks literally blew the Suns out in all four of their wins. They were all blowout wins. It wasn't like it was, oh my God, uh Chris Paul tweaked his hamstring and then the the Suns missed seven missed seven straight free throws and the Mavericks won on a last second shot. Like they oh, dominated all four wins. Yeah, and then game bars. after game seven, they were like coming up with all kinds of excuses. I know, like it, that was an <laughs> evisceration. Like I just I understand like non Mavs fans doing it, but now that Mavs fans are like, oh man, that was a fluke. It's like, come on. Yeah, it's, it, it's a lack of consistency from the Mavs fans, I think, because I don't know if you really if you understand and you accept Luca as your goat, like not your goat goat, but if you understand what he is and what he could bring to a team. And if you and if he really is the MVP, if he really is Jordan, you know, like if he's if he's gonna be top five, then then he'll be able to then he'll be able to carry this he'll be able to carry these dudes through this. You know what I mean? Like 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 we we should expect like we we saw LeBron's done. We should expect. I'm not gonna say expect, but like you know you know. <laughs> I just uh, I just don't want him to get like uh, worn out by carrying us through it. Like if we can find yeah. a way to make a sneaky trade. Like, can you carry us till the trade deadline? And then we can get you some help or like get yeah. some some sort of support, whether it's dribbling or, or, or interior defense or whatever. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, like do you – like is there a certain player that you want to be traded before the deadline and do you have anyone that you want to target potentially? Well, going going into the season, Mike Conley was like <laughs> made so much sense for me. The problem is, is the Jazz are good now and Mike Conley's like – huge to that yeah to, to their success so i don't to that yeah yeah so i i don't know if he's even available and if he is it's probably way because i was thinking like you could get him for next to nothing because his contract's kind of iffy and he's older and been injured and stuff like that but now i don't know so uh, i haven't really sat down and looked at every team across the league and stuff somebody will pop up i'm not too interested in the mavericks swinging for the fences in season this year <laughs> i don't i think that would be a mistake um but I would love for them to kick the tires on, like, a, you know, maybe come February, the Jazz are out of it a little bit. Mike Conley's maybe gone down a little bit. Then maybe you can kick the tires. Uh, Alec Burks from the Pistons, like, I, I wanted him last year and he was on the Knicks. And this year, I think that it would just be a great option as this, this like, guy who can create on the wing. The Knicks just misutilized him big time. They had him as their starting point guard last year. It was a joke. But, like, I think he, he's been good on the Pistons. I think that it would be a really nice get. I can't imagine it would be that expensive honestly i know it's another former nick guy but they're Lord. talking about they want noel i mean that would be fine i guess but i don't have yeah. burks i like burks i like burks it's a good yeah but so i guess i guess it's sort of talking reeling back to um the is luca real enough to carry the team or is this is it too much on luca kind of conversation do you think luca's a diva i i sort of wonder about um if if his attitude or if his if his leadership or lack thereof might um um might lead to underachievement with this franchise or or not not lead to it but might 
that might be the outcome. Obviously, not his fault. He's the only he's the only, he is the franchise. But um, I I sort of there's like an anxiety that I feel about about maybe that being the outcome of of this of this experiment of this era, and and part of that being his attitude and his his temperament and um and questionable leadership. I don't know. Do do you, do you agree with that narrative? Do you sense any of that? Have you felt that at all? No, yeah, for sure. I've gotten like destroyed by uh, Lucas Stans for pretty much saying the same exact thing that he has to improve. Just, I mean, we're not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what like goes on behind closed doors, but on the court, like, yeah, his body language has to get better. I mean, he's the de facto, even if he doesn't want to be the vocal leader of the team, which just from an outsider's perspective looking on, that kind of seems like that's the case. Like I never yeah. got the impression that he wants to be. Yeah, I think he's cool with like Dorian being that guy or Brunson. I think Jalen was definitely that last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I think Luca's 100 cool with that. But as the best player, you are the de facto leader. Like the team's gonna go as you go always. So uh, yeah, he needs to get better from a mental perspective, just on the court, having just because it's you. We know it's in him the killer mentality when he turns it on. We know how it goes, and the team follows that and it hypes everyone up. Um, but there's just sometimes, and I I didn't think that was a problem last night. I thought he was locked in. But against, you know, some of the bad teams, which we've seen countless times this year so far, where, yeah, Luke is just kind of out there and getting angry and yelling at the refs. The ref stuff is bad. Like, it's it's reached a, a critical point. It's as bad as people say it is. Like, it's bad. His whining to the ref is terrible. I wish he would stop. And I told my friends this. It's messed up, but this is just what it is. I think it's going to require a heartbreaking playoff loss for it to really change. Because the Clippers, the two Clippers series, like, the Mavericks were not supposed to win those series at all. Yeah. And they played incredibly competitive in both of those series. So you could hang your head high. Last year, obviously, Western <laughs> Conference Finals run. Nothing to be ashamed about. The Warriors were just amazing. And they were ready for it. You just weren't. That's just really what it was. You've never been in that point. The Warriors have been there a million times. They need, <laughs> like, a you're supposed to win this series type of loss. And everybody's clowning you. And it's embarrassing for you, for you to come out uh, and hopefully – that's just how it's always been for, you know, all-time greats. They need they need some playoff adversity. And I don't it's know if the, the Mavericks journey. Yeah, I mean, look at Tatum yeah. even. Like, I know they went to the finals last year, but Tatum was not good in that series, and he was dragged all summer long. And they come out this year and just hungry and thirsty for blood. Yeah, I, I think with Luka, he's just very, like, that's like his personality on court is just very, like, expressive and very – like you can, there's, you know, got a terrible poker face. You know exactly what he's thinking, what he's yeah, exactly. like in that moment. And I think like part of it, I think is how much he's carrying and how much like he's, he's got to deal with. I think if he has like another, like, in, in like, obviously like the, the perfect, you know, co-star would be like Jalen Brown. If he has somebody else to share that with, I don't think that matters as much. I think Dirk, yeah. like it took him time to get comfortable, like, you know, getting his team behind him, even though he isn't that vocal leader. I think he just has to figure out what that looks like. Um, but it's it honestly like it sucks the air out of the arena when he's like pouting after a call or if he's yeah. just like, you know, talking to the ref like 10 seconds longer than he needs to or like at the worst possible time where it's four on five, like things like that. I think, you know, hopefully he'll he'll just kind of fight, figure out a different way to do that. I mean, um, that game against the Bucks, he, like last night, he he was – I don't remember at what point in the game it was. I think it was right after he hit the game-tying layup or whatever. He was begging for a, or the go-ahead layup with 30 seconds left. He was begging to get teed up. Like, he was screaming at the refs. That, like, his teammates had to hold him back. I was like, oh, my God, Luca's about to get a tech that's going to lose them the game with 30 right. seconds left. 
And then the Mavericks eventually lost it, of course. But yeah, he's got to get better with complaining at the refs. It's just, it can't help him whistle-wise either. You know? I think Luka's yeah. gotten a friendly whistle this year. Way friendlier than in the past. But man, it's just, like you said, it sucks the life out of the arena when yeah. Luka's just, you know, crying. It's cringe. It's annoying because it's annoying <laughs> because it's very cringe to watch. And, yeah. and it it does suck the air. It does kind of feel like ah, ah, a little bit of secondhand embarrassment. Maybe I feel a little bit. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm sort of like, ah, like you ever on national TV? Like, this is my boy, bro. Like, yeah, I've been like, yeah, told all my coworkers to watch, you know, yapping about this at work today. And like, and then, you know, like whatever, whatever. But um, I don't know. My, my tinfoil hat, part of me sort of feels like this is, this is a strategic thing. I hope that this is a 4D chess thing and he's just like a regular dude. And, you know, like, I feel like Patrick Bev sort of um, maybe maybe an example of this of like he's 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 kind of a troll. Um, I, I hope that, I hope that's kind of what's going on. Uh, I don't know if you're a soccer fan, but like you know you you see you see a lot of personalities like that in soccer. Um, guys that you know, like there, there seems to be a culture of of I don't know just dramatic, just I don't know, just operatic athleticism bro like these guys are just always performing <laughs> for the refs yeah. always making sure that they well, that's see the thing, what like, they're I don't feeling think he's and selling it i think like he just he goes out of his way to have that discussion with the ref at the worst time as opposed yeah. to like hey let's wait for a dead ball and then like hey remember that when i got like smacked on the arm like what you know just t- timing could be i think it we should probably shouldn't talk about it too much because it didn't happen like super recently, but I think like that's the next step in him getting like more honed in is, it's not like, it's not life or death if we don't get that call. Um, yeah. But I mean, I just wanted to channel like, you know, I talked about this with like the Suns, and I know, you know, the Suns, whatever we hate them or whatever, but I mean, they do have like, as a team, they are like, they want to embarrass you. Like they, they like get off on like pointing and laughing at you. Like that's what they want to do. That's where they want to get at. That's what Devin Booker wants to get at. And I, like Luca needs to get into that constantly night in, night out. You know, like yeah. I think it's cool when Luca's like, you know, laughing with, with other players and stuff in the middle of the game. But I wish he would channel like a, hey, for the next 48 minutes, like I'm trying to absolutely embarrass you on this basketball court. Like he does in the playoffs, like he does for certain matchups. If he can just channel that constantly, that's like his gigantic leap. That really is. There's no on-court stuff. It's mental. It's been that way for a long time. And now we're in year five. So now it's like, all right. Like the yelling at the refs and everything in year three, that's like, oh, well, whatever. You know, he's a young guy, European guy, watches a lot of soccer, you know, whatever. That is what it is. Yeah. But year five now, it's like, okay, dude, let's let's hone it in a little bit. Yeah. Like you All said, right. it's kind of getting, it gets a little embarrassing sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, well, before we run out of time, I wanted to kind of, we, we have this one segment, the returning segment on the show called Explain That Tweet. So, in this post, you had a philosophical take on the state of the Mavs. It reads, I genuinely would not be mad if I thought this was a mid-slash-bad team. This is a good team that finds a new way to lose in the most frustrating way possible every other night. Can you break that down for us? And we got – yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I've, I haven't – all season long, I haven't bought into the narrative that even Mavs fans were selling that this team is bad or terrible and they need to tank, they need to blow it all up. I'm not – I don't believe that. None of the like advanced analytics say that. Every advanced analytics says this team is not only like a top 10 team, but they're like a top seven team in the league, which I pa- I test wise for the vast majority of their games. Yeah, that seems true. That seems about right. Like they play good defensively. They have probably the best player in the NBA right now. They sh- When they shoot well, they're pretty much unguardable offensively because you have to pick your poison. Luka kills you or one of the shooters kills you. And um, that's what it seems like. They seem like a great team, but 
that's why I get so mad and frustrated when they lose games. They have no business losing. And people, like some people reply to that, like, well, I mean, time to just accept that they're a bad team then if this is what it is. It's like not, it would be one thing if they were like losing, you know, every now and then they'd have a good performance, but then, you know, every other game, they're just getting their ass kicked or something. They're losing in like the most miraculous way imaginable every other night. So it's like, I can't sit here and be like, yeah, this team's going to miss 14 free throws every game. No, they're not. They're not going to miss 14 free throws every game. They're not going to blow a 16-point lead in the final four minutes like they did against the Thunder. Like, they shouldn't be coming out against the Wizards, who don't have Beal Porzingis, and just look like trash. Like, that's not who this team is. I don't, I don't believe that at all. So that's why I get angry and frustrated because, you know, we're still a quarter or barely over a quarter of the way into the season. Like, you could turn this around, figure it out, win these winnable games, figure out what you need to do down the stretch. And you'll be in a much better spot. But my big concern is you're going to get to March and you're the seventh seed and you're in the play-in and you're three games behind the sixth seed. And you're like, well, if we didn't, you know, mess around so much in November, like we'd yeah. be in the playoffs now. But because we wanted to blow that lead to the Thunder, because we wanted to miss 14 free throws. I mean, they, they shot 40% from the free throw line in a span of eight days twice. That's how they lost to the Pistons. That's how they lost to the uh, to the Bucks. Those are two. They, wow. they should be on a seven-game win streak right now. Yeah. And that's not like bad play. That's not playing bad. That's not, oh, like they can't fix this. That's just like dumb shit that they should fix. Yeah, like get your head in the game. Guys, we like, we are the Dallas Mavericks. We are in the arena. We are in the building. Let's get, like, let's win. Like, let's get games. ground. Bulls tonight, we got a, I'd say a very winnable. I mean, it is the second, you know, uh, Jason Kidd had to call it a doubleheader game. I, I, I don't like, I don't up. like the negative framing recently in the media uh, from Kidd. I know we're kind of a kid apologist here, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you got the Bulls tonight. I think it'll be a good one. Hopefully there's just hope for the tomorrow. I, I, I'm with you. I think, I think that his team is better than, than what the record shows. I mean, if they win that against the Bulls, like, and they go one and one against the Bucks and Bulls on a back-to-back, I think that's what everybody would have expected anyway. So you're just like, all right, you know, whatever. It's just yeah. that that Bucks win was our loss was just so, <sighs> so winnable. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on the pod. Slightly biased. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thanks where, for having me. Where can the people find you? YouTube.com/slash/slightlybiased. Twitter at biasedslightly. We. Thanks, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Adios.